0: You're listening to audio from Mountain View Church, located in Murphy, North Carolina. If you'd like more information, you can find us at www.mtnvu.org or on Instagram and Facebook at Mountain View Church NC.
1: And this morning, uh, you have the privilege, and I have the privilege, of hearing from each member of that team, minus one. Alan Wildsmith's not feeling well this morning, so you can pray for him. But my hope and prayer this morning is that as each person comes and shares with you about, A, the kinds of things that God did through us in Guatemala, but more importantly, the kinds of things that God did in us in Guatemala, that you would be encouraged and that you would be challenged. And that the next time we take a mission trip as a church, you would be perhaps one of the first to sign up and say, I'd love to go. Whether that's to Guatemala or to somewhere in Africa, or perhaps to someplace that God might send us that we don't even know about yet. So I want to pray for us, and then uh, Earl is going to come share first with us this morning, and then you'll hear in turn, as I said, from each member of the team. And let's just pray that the Lord uh, would teach us and build us up this morning. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for the privilege of singing your praises together, for the privilege of not only singing them to you, but singing them over one another. Lord, your word tells us that we are to be about building one another up. And one of the ways we do that is through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so thank you for allowing us to do that here today. God, I pray over each member of our Guatemala mission team as they come this morning to share what you've been speaking to their hearts since we left there, that all of us would be encouraged and challenged by the testimonies that will be shared. Sharing testimonies is such a wonderful way, God, that we get insight into your work in one another's lives and in our church and in the world. And so I pray that they are truly a means of encouragement this morning. Thank you again for the opportunity to be here. And Father, we just look forward to how you want to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Good morning. So Mike has given me the privilege of speaking to you first. Thank you, Mike, for that. Um, I also had the privilege of rooming with Mike while we were in Guatemala. So let me tell you about that. (laughs) I just wanted him to squirm for a little bit. But uh, no, honestly, uh, I I was so privileged uh, to be able to room with Mike because I got to know him better. um, And he actually lives it. I mean, I know he preaches it, but he lives it, and uh, and it was just great to see his heart uh, and be able to, to share morning coffee with him and this wonderful breakfast that we had in our hotel. Um, so it was great, and I, and I appreciate that. Um, so God started working in my heart for missions probably a few years ago, because he, he was able to bring all of our missionaries back to church. Um, And not only did they take their sabbaticals and they come and they they shared with us what they were doing in each one of their countries, but we also got to know them. Um, Scott uh, had to stay here for a year because of COVID restrictions, and he lived at Renewed Hope, and we were just able to know him and his heart and see his heart for service and how he could have just rested on that sabbatical, and he didn't. And the same with Abner and Katie, and I get to know them very well. And um, so that started the change. And so I used to think that I wasn't qualified to go on a missions trip, um, wasn't good enough to go on a missions trip. Um, I thought that was for them, those other people, um, the the saintly people. Um, and I honestly didn't know that I had anything to give on a missions trip. Um, uh, my skills are, I'm a retired law enforcement officer and jujitsu instructor, and so, you know, shooting people for Jesus and choking people for Jesus just wasn't, wasn't, was it was frowned upon. So, um, and then this wonderful opportunity comes up uh, to partner up with Church on the Rock to go down to Guatemala and be involved in various ministries down there, and one was training uh, Guatemalan law enforcement. So there were a group of law enforcement officers and retired law enforcement officers that went down, and we were able to, uh, to help share with them some of the things that uh, we knew, basic things for us, but it's more training than, than they've ever received. Um, but more importantly, more important than any training that we did, we were able to share the word with them. Um, we were able to see people accept Jesus. And, and that's a memory that I will never forget, um, having prayed that prayer and have two people beside, on either side of me just accept Jesus on the first day we were there. And I'm like, praise God, because it was amazing. And we had a great time. Um, we got to see this beautiful country Our hotel's just situated right in the middle. Uh, We have volcanoes on each side of us, and uh, we even got to see one erupt, and heard it erupt, and then they asked us if we wanted to go hike it. No. No. I wanna see God, I just... Not then. so anyway, we, we were able to see the, the area of Antigua um, and get to know it a little bit better, but one of the things that I just thought was beautiful is we were able to do, go to a, a church service at Iglesia Del Camino. They have a bilingual church service, and it really just felt like home. I can't explain it. Um, they're singing songs in both uh, Spanish and English, and we are literally surrounded by different cultures, different people, and we're all praising Jesus and and put it into perspective. We praise one God, we serve one God, and that's what we were there for. And it didn't matter where we were, we were all doing that together. Whether we spoke the same language or not, we spoke his language. Um, And that was was a blessing to see them. Uh, The pastor there is great, I got to connect with him. He's also a chaplain for the law enforcement, um, local law enforcement there. Uh, and we were able to connect with so many missionaries there, uh, and that was a surprise for me to be able to see people who are working in this church, just in this church. There were so many missionaries that were working in this church in different places, uh, so much so that we literally split up <laughs> to go talk to them, um, just to see what they were about. And the opportunities that God has given in Antigua are are, uh, limited only by our imagination, I think. So um, that was a blessing as well. Um, I just wanna share a little bit about what we did. We, um, myself and the law enforcement officers were able to go train law enforcement. Um, There was a group doing construction work on the law enforcement barracks. Um, and their barracks are literally ruins. They, they stay in uh, very rough conditions. They're apart from their families for uh, weeks, sometimes months, because they live in different areas than they serve, um, and so uh, it, it was a rough condition. So we had a group that were building showers for them. Um, We were training law enforcement, there were a group of kids um, that were off to the side, and so it really put into perspective to us um, what we take for granted each day. Um, And everyone we met there was just very gracious to us uh, but also open to the word. We didn't receive a lot of backlash from sharing the word, which you don't get to do with law enforcement very often. that we got to share with their chaplains. Uh, Their chaplains uh, shared with us some of the the frustrations and the obstacles that they face. Many are are similar to what law enforcement here face, but they also face uh, corruption and uh, at at the high levels of their government. And um, if they are in an altercation to where they have to use uh, their firearm, they're almost certain to either be imprisoned or executed. Um, which is something we don't f- face here and it was a it was an eye-opener for us because uh, The different struggles that they face are not ones that we face here and so it helped us understand where they're coming from uh, And how hard it is for them to do the right thing even when they want to um, So that was it was it was an eye-opener for me um, And I also love that um, God showed me that I have a heart for missions. Um, He worked in me while I was there. I can't tell you, try not to get emotional because my brothers that I served with were amazing and I just felt like, wow, this isn't the last time I'm gonna be here. This is the first time of many trips in the future and that I did have something to share. And God didn't send saints to do his work, he sent sinners. I didn't think I was qualified. I was qualified enough for the job that he sent me to do. Um, and so if you're, if you're sitting back today and you're one of the people that gives change for the dollar and reads the newsletter but doesn't reply, that was me. Um, I used to do that, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm getting involved, um, we will be back. Um, these mission trips put in perspective to see that we're, everything doesn't go on here in Murphy or, or in the United States. The same things that need to be done, need to be done wherever we go. We are called to go forth and make disciples of all nations. Um, and that includes here in Murphy, where we, we, we sometimes don't think that we can do that either. And we are just as qualified to do that here. Um, and so there were a lot of fun things that also happened. I got to smuggle back 10 keys of pure premium-grade coffee for Mike, I'm now known as Cafe Mula, the coffee mule. Um, and I'm still waiting on my percentage, I'm just saying. Um, uh, we got to experience wonderful things while we were there. The, the coffee's amazing. We got to experience a, a couple missionaries that um, run a coffee shack there, and uh, they're Proceeds go to help getting people water, and water is a huge thing down there. Water filtration is a huge thing. It makes you appreciate water when you spend half of your water bottle just brushing your teeth. Uh, you have a great, I have a greater appreciation for water now, and um, not so much of a water snob as I used to be. So, um, and based on my experience, one of the questions we were asked is well, why should you go? Um, why should you experience this? I say because you need to see it, hear it, taste it, smell it, feel it. You cannot understand a country or their culture unless you are immersed in it and living with them. And once you do, it'll change you. Um, It changed me. Um, we had to we had to surrender and be led by the Holy Spirit while we were down there. We really did not have a lot of information on what we were going to do from one day to the next day. My OCD was like no, no. I needed that information, but God showed me that if you trust in Him, everything that you're supposed to do will be done. And that was one of the great things down there. Our our. Mission statement down there was yes. They were like, what are you doing today? Yes. <laughs> Everything he wants me to do. Yes. So we surrendered and said yes to his timing. Um, and we need to do that more here. And that that helped uh, us put things into perspective a little bit. Um, and so I just wanted to share that with you Uh Our last day of training, uh, uh, or I should say, last day of training uh, with the law enforcement, we were able to hear from a woman who had taken this class a few years prior. We were not involved with that class, uh, but the people that were there were. And this lady shared with us, listen, I I was in this same situation. I came around the corner and the man was holding a firearm and, and your training saved my life which was great, because those guys have not heard it. It was reassuring for the people that that were training them that they were doing what God sent them to do. I kind of took it a step further, and I explained to this woman, listen, God sent those two men to you and trained you, and God made sure you had the training to save your life. God can continue to save your life. You just need to open your heart to him was a very powerful testimony for her um, and we were the the breakfast day that we were able to serve breakfast and hand out Bibles to law enforcement on uh, the last day that we were there on Thursday uh, with everyone you could see the connections that we made that week just hit home people were very open we got We gave them our phone numbers, became Facebook friends, things that they couldn't do during the week. They did that breakfast day. Um, And it was really just encouraging to see how God worked in them um, for that as well. And so... uh, that's, a, that's the just, just my trip, uh, but I just wanted to share that with you, and I appreciate um, you guys supporting us and praying for us. We, we needed prayer down there. They need prayer now. Um, there's so many things to, to be a part of, and I just encourage each one of you to take part in it. Don't sit back in your pew each day and uh, that you come in and, and just say, that's for other people. It's for you. Um, There is a calling to go forth and make disciples of all nations, so I heard it, and I plan on being back.
0: So I was so excited when my dad asked me to go to Guatemala with him. It was the best way I could have ever spent my 15th birthday, and it was my first missing trip, and my first time on a plane. Um, It was so fun to see a new country, and it was fun to try all the coffee there. (laughs) Liz and I had the opportunity to lead the Bible story at the sports camp for one of the kids one day, for the kids one day, and, but my favorite day was when we got to go to a school named Chispas for Change, that a couple named Callie and Estuardo run in their home. Um, we heard a couple of the testimonies of the students, and it was really cool to meet kids my age. I would ask that you please pl- uh, pray for Callie and Estuardo as they move their school into a larger building.
3: Um, Yeah, so, Addy and I had the opportunity to get to serve with one another while we were in Guatemala. Um, And I knew immediately I'd be out of my comfort zone when the first day we were asked to help lead a sports camp. (laughs) I looked to Addy with hope, knowing that her family watches football. Um, I later found out that she is the only one who isn't interested in that. (laughs) So, on the first day, one of my favorite photos in that slideshow is me being utterly confused as we are actively teaching the kids how to hold and throw football. Um, they had fun, we all had fun, but they do not know how to accurately play American football. Um, they know a different version, and that's okay. <laughs> um, this trip was spontaneous for me. I was asked shortly before um, the trip started to go, um, which didn't faze me much because I've been on multiple trips and I have a tendency to be a fairly spontaneous person. Um, But what did bother me was that I didn't feel nervous about going on the trip. Um, A few years ago, as I was serving in Washington, DC, the pastor there that I was um, serving on the worship team with told me, always go afraid. And so that's always like my ambition, because I know when I am personally afraid that I'm not doing it out of my own strength. Um, And I wasn't afraid of this trip. Um, I even told Taylor, I was like, this is very scary to me um, because I'm not scared. (laughs) Um, But quickly, I just felt like I was unraveling um, throughout the trip. Which was an odd relief, because uh, I want I wanted so badly to go afraid and know that like the Lord was on working in me. I didn't like the confidence I had in myself to do all the work. Um, but once again, once we were told we were leading sports, I was like, okay, Lord, <laughs> I'm afraid now. What am I gonna do? We have kids for a 30-minute rotation. <laughs> I have to entertain them with football for 30 minutes at a time, multiple days in a row. Um, clueless. Um, and so I think the biggest way that the Lord worked in me was just reminding me and showing me how completely in control he is. Um, we had quite a bit of injuries um, throughout the week, especially on the first day. Um, we had a young lady who um, was attending the camp and um, that was actually pregnant. Um, and so there were some issues and Complications with that, and so um, she had to sit on the sidelines. Um, and then, shortly after that, a member from the other team fell as we were playing football and broke her wrist, um, which were both like jarring things. Um, but I learned a lot with how Pastor Joe, one of the pastors from the other church, um, reacted to it and communicated it to the other kids. Um, he sat them, all the kids, down after both of these occurrences happened and just embraced it as showing them how the Lord works even in the midst of our accidents. Um, and as you was sharing that the second time with the kids and praying with the kids, um, I remember being moved to tears. Because a lot of times I view those as me getting in the way, um, as my accidents being mess ups, um, as things that I should have done better or should have changed. Um, and it was just a beautiful reminder to me that, like. Liz, what are you talking about? You're not in control at all. Like, stop pretending you have anything together. Uh, Like, the Lord is completely in control. Um, And I was continually reminded of that as He continued to provide opportunities. um, Because that next day is when I met uh, Callie and Osuardo. They came to the sports camp one of the days, um, which we then later got to go see their school. Um, But I got to talk to Callie, and it was just, brought me so much joy because we got to talk about um, just the need for training that they have there, Um, and I got to pour into her from my knowledge and expertise, which was really refreshing just to be able to see the gifts that the Lord has given me and the ways that I do get to serve Him, Um, and we talked a lot about just what it looks like to teach kids and individuals, what it looks like to have safe relationships and what it looks like to be um, a positive person in relationships, um, and what it looks like to heal from trauma, Um, and even talking about what it looks like to support a staff that is receiving secondhand trauma from working with kids um, who are in trauma situations. And so that was extremely refreshing um, and continued to push me outside of my comfort zone because the past few months, I've been feeling this push from the Lord Um, of him just being like, you're not being bold. Um, I'm pushing you to do things and you're not doing them. And that's not typically me because I am like so eager to do what the Lord's called me to. Um, But through that, he really showed me just how much fear I've been living in and how much I've been functioning in my own strength. Um, because, um, for the first time in a long time, I'm planted in the community that was sending me out. So I'm planted in the people that know me, like <laughs> my family's here, the people who have invested in me and helped me grow are here. And it was much more comfortable when you guys were like the fallback, <laughs> like, oh, if everything fails here, then I-, I can go back to Mountain View and it'll be fine. Um, uh, but now I'm planted here and I love it. But I didn't realize how much I was afraid of that, too. Um, It's both comforting and scary being known so much. Um, And so I absolutely love it. But I learned that it's something that has given me so much fear. And it's made it so that I'm so afraid of being bold. So the Lord is definitely working in me through that. Um, I'm having to relearn what it looks like to just jump into his arms and trust him with the things that he's called me to do. And um, yeah, and so he pushed me into that very quickly because I was not ready to speak on <laughs> Thursday when we were at post for Change. Um, but Callie asked me to speak for all of her ki- uh, in front of all of their kids there. Um, in which I'm normally okay with public speaking, which I wasn't originally. That's something my mother pushed me into. mince um, <laughs> all the tears, um, and so. I got to speak in front of them, which I felt very paralyzed. I honestly have no idea what I said, but Mike told me afterwards that it was okay. (laughs) Um, But I just got to see the Lord work a lot, not only in me personally, um, but through getting to meet all the other missionaries, which was amazing. Um, And it was especially joyful to see the Lord work through Addie um, and to get to push her out of her comfort zone a little. Um, But then also just to get to grow alongside of her um, was an absolute joy. I loved seeing how the Lord was showing her things as we went throughout the week. Um, It brought me just joy I can't describe. Um, So, yeah. I would say to that that last question that Mike asked us, um, why does someone go on a short-term mission trip? I would say to grow in flex- flexibility and humility, um, and to connect with the other missionaries, to just step outside of yourselves and see how the Lord has called you to boldly serve where you currently are by seeing how he's called others to boldly serve where they are. So, Yeah.
4: How's that? A little, little better, or should I turn it back off? Um, unlike everybody else, I don't like public speaking. Uh, I'm good at it, but I don't like it. Um, <laughs> so uh, this was, um, this opportunity for me was probably one that I walked into not really knowing anything about what it would look like, other than the fact that I was told, oh, you're gonna be working with the Guatemala National Police. It's like. Oh, cool. What do they do? Um, so that was uh, that was an experience. When we went to Africa a few years ago, we kind of had an idea of what we would be doing. Uh, it was an exploratory thing for us. We were thinking about moving there. and All that didn't work out. But with this trip, it was a little different because it's like, okay, you're going to spend almost a week down there working with the police, and by the way, your translator's not going. Um, so that was a, a little bit of a A little bit of a shock, setback, whatever. Um, But being down there and being immersed in in a people who, the culture down there is unlike anything I've seen. There is such a mix of people. We met people from all over the United States. We met people from other countries, um, all in Antigua. So it was super cool, um, there were, I don't remember how many churches were actually represented down there. There was Mountain View and Church on the Rock and Plant City, Plant City Church of God, um, Iglesia Del Camino. Um, I think there was another church from uh, from Florida that was there. So there were multiple churches represented there daily. Um, and getting to work with law enforcement officers there was absolutely um A highlight of my life. Um, We walked in on day one and they're like, we could have anywhere from a dozen to a couple hundred law enforcement officers there. We don't know. So the one thing uh, that we decided was that we don't mind flying by the seat of our pants. We just wanted to know whether we were wearing uniform pants or gym shorts. Um, You know, give us some kind of direction. Um, But we ended up, and I think most of the pictures uh, with the law enforcement showed it. There were six law enforcement officers each of the three days that we worked there. So there were also six instructors, um, six of us that, that went down. So we had an opportunity to spend some one-on-one time um, with these guys. Some of them got our phone numbers, uh, Facebook, like Earl said. Um, so it was really, it was really good. It, it brought me back to the basics and my law enforcement career is done. However, this gives me my fix for being around my, my brothers and sisters in law enforcement. But the, the part that really stuck out to me as far as the law enforcement side of it was, again, I don't, I don't like public speaking, but Pastor Jeff Howe from Church on the Rock in Plant City comes up to me and says, Hey, um, do you mind delivering a message lunch today, and I'm like, sure. And then I was like, wait, what did I just commit to? <laughs> I think I said, sure, way too quick on that one, um, because this is like 30 minutes before we're taking lunch. Um, but that was probably the, the one thing that really stuck out to me, is I was able to sit down and deliver the gospel to through a translator, thank goodness, because I don't know how I would have done it otherwise, um, but to a group of law enforcement officers, and just start to look and see their response, um, this, this particular set of, of law enforcement officers were, they were hungry for anything that they could learn from us. And it made me realize how spoiled we are here. Like we, we can turn on the TV, we can go to church anywhere we want to, we can do all these things, just because they don't have that luxury. Quite the way that we do Um, but being able to experience that and then being able to go to some pongo to their church service um, that is definitely an experience that I will not forget Um, pastor Renee is probably one of the most passionate people I've ever seen in my life Um, I really wish I understood Spanish because I'm pretty sure there was way more to what he was saying than what was being interpreted um, the The poor girl that was interpreting, she was absolutely doing her best, but he didn't take a breath in between sentences. Um, so it was a little interesting. Um, and I'll make the rest of this quick, but reverting back to, to our song, the second song we sang this morning, um, Susan read some scripture to you, and I want to, to reiterate it, because the, the reality is, why should you go on a short-term mission trip? Why should you go on a long-term mission trip? Whatever the case may be. That's, that's what Romans 10 is really discussing a lot about. Um, so Romans ten nine says, Because if you confess with your mouth the Lord, uh, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For Scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For, the, uh, for there is no, condemn- or no distinction between Jew and Greek, and the same Lord is Lord of all. Bestowing his riches on all who call on him. Sorry, I can barely read. Uh, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But then it goes on to say, how then will they be called on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Ironically, I read that over and over every morning we were there. Um, And the reality is, how will they know if we don't go? So if uh, if you've never been, pray about it. Seek the Lord about it. If you have, you already know what that experience is like. Um, this trip has changed me. There were some letters that were written that were sent with us down there, and the encouragement from, from you guys was absolutely 100% necessary. But seek the Lord on, on where He's calling you. Thank you.
5: Yeah, come on. All right, good. Um, I want to start off by saying that I was made fun of and harassed every morning by Heath Woodard and to a slighter degree with Earl because I don't drink coffee. Um, even though it worked out to Heath's favor because every morning they'd bring us coffee and I would take it. And when Heath had finished his cup, I would just slide him mine. And then when they'd come over for a refill, I'd look at he's like, say, do I need a refill? <laughs> yeah or no? Um, I had a lot of fun. Um, I never thought in my life I would ever do anything like we did, Um, and it's not just because I hate flying. Um, In my career in law enforcement, I have been shot at, I've had knives pulled on me, I've been in fights, I've been all over, done all kinds of stuff. Never blinked. You put me on an airplane, and I want to come out of my skin. So. But when I was asked and approached about going, um, it was basically, hey, we're going on a mission trip, and we're going to get to do some law enforcement training, and we'd like to know if you'd be interested in going. Sure. And I'm like, Heath, I might have said that a little bit too fast. So immediately, I started praying about it, and I just kind of conflicted, and I just started praying, you know, God, if this is what you want me to do, let me know this is what you want me to do. And the day after I prayed that prayer, my passport came in, and it was like, all right. (laughs) you know so we went Um, but I'm gonna kind of answer the last question first as to why you should go Um, I prayed that when I went down I could be a blessing to others I was the one that received it Um, I think I got way more out of it for me personally God done more in me than I think I was able to do you know with anybody there it, it was a great experience, the, the connections we made, not just with the law enforcement officers, we trained, like he said, um, the, every morning we started with six, the last day we had two leaves, we, had, we was down to four, and we had six instructors, so we were able to spend extra time, and then at the end of the day, um, there were some other officers that weren't, weren't part of the training, but we were doing building entries and room clearing and things, and we asked them, you know, if you want to join, come on in, you know, we'll run you through some scenarios. Um, this one uh, female officer, she really wanted to shoot me with the airsoft pistol, but I never really gave her the shot because she was way too close. And me and Earl both got shot and it will leave welts. So, but every time she get down with the scenario, she would just, you know, and I, I apologize. You did not, I'm sorry, you didn't get to shoot me. And she, you know, but um, when we got done, we would always talk to them and we'd give out patches and, and uh, different things. And that day, um, I was asked to pray over everybody. Uh, to me, that was, um, I was forced in, out of my comfort zone. Um, it was like on the spot, you're praying, and it's like, okay. you know. So you just kind of have to, um, you, you have to shut your mind off, open your heart, and just let it flow, because um, your mind will cloud things. You kind of have to shut that thing down. Um, also, while we were there, um, I think it was the first day or the second day, I can't remember. There was a, a young lady there, she, I think she was 14 or 15, and she was pregnant, didn't have a home, didn't have any kind of support system. They were trying to get her into, um, I forgot the organization's name, but basically it helps you know, young mothers and things, but her paperwork is still in, in process type of thing. Well, she started having some health issues. She was bleeding and we was worried about you know what, what was going on. And I was standing there, it was me, and I call him Rev, it's Alan Wildsmith. I've known him for 20-something years and he was chaplain. And there was five of us named Allen at the sheriff's office, so he was named Rev. And I went by last name, you know, kind of thing. But um, one of the interpreters come over, talked to us and said, can you come over and pray? So we went over to the van and she was there. Uh, Rev, he shared a personal story about his life. And um, then I was allowed to help pray uh, for that girl. Um, they called uh, some medics. They came, come to find out uh, she had, um, it was just like a, a minor bacterial infection. Everything was fine with the pregnancy, but it turned out um, she, was, she was gonna be all right. Um, the thing about this trip, it made me appreciate um, a lot, like smooth roads. I will never complain about a pothole again. Um, when you're riding in that van from hotel to church, from church to training and back and forth, it will beat you to death. Um, and I get kidney stones from time to time and I'm just praying, please don't let one of them shake loose. Please, one of them don't shake, <laughs> not here. Let me get home, then I'll deal with it. Um, but the thing that struck me most was the last morning at the law enforcement breakfast. Um, I don't know how many we got. It was, what would you say? 100 plus, 150, somewhere along in that range. Um, and we got to serve them, um, we give them their food and everything, and then we sat with them. You know, we kind of broke up and we sat with them. Um, and we provide each one of them a Bible, you know, they could get it. And some of them, they didn't care, you know, they, they didn't even get the Bible. Um, but it was, to me, it made me realize that we take Bibles and simple stuff for granted here. Um, I know at my house, I've probably got five or six Bibles, different versions, just You know, we see them in hotels. We see them in the libraries. We've always got access to them. They don't. Also here, no one forced y'all to be here this morning. Um, We get to choose that. Um, They may not have access to that down there. Um, But the group I was sitting with, um, some of them when they got their Bibles, you could just see their face light up. And it was just something as simple as a Bible made them just happy. And I was sitting there, and Pastor Jeff from Church of the Rock, he was uh, given the message and he told him to turn to, uh, I think it was Ephesians, I think it was, anyway. The two of the people that was at my table, when they opened the, the Bible, they just kept reading, just kept reading and kept reading. Service was over. They're still sitting there reading that Bible. And it was like, we take that for granted. I mean, I've got a copy on my phone, I've got it. But to them, that is something big. Um, so that, um, that, that, that's, that was the lasting impression that I got, was just seeing the joy that they got just from something as simple as a Bible, and that just uh, struck my heart. Um, so yeah, if you, if you ever get a chance to go, um, I'm kind of like Earl. Now by Thursday afternoon, I was ready to go home, but I will tell you, when you go on one of these trips, like for us, when boots hit ground, we never slowed down, never. Um, I probably slept, slept the best there in a strange bed, and there was three of us in a room—me, uh, Heath, and Alan Wildsmith—and there was barely enough room between the beds to get to the bathroom and out. Um, I probably slept better there than I have in a long time, just because I was exhausted. Every day, you were done by the end of the day, um, but it is something that I would not change. And I'm looking forward to going back next year. Um, And I just encourage anybody that's even got it in their head to pray about it. And I promise you, you will get a huge blessing out of it if you decide to do it. Thank you.
1: So, for whatever reason, The Lord has had me uh, meditating quite a bit on a verse that appears in Mark's gospel uh, and Matthew's gospel. Uh, And in Mark chapter 1, the very beginning of Jesus' ministry... um, Beginning in verse 14, Mark writes, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Passing alongside the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And I think for me, this trip was something of, a, um, something of an object lesson, if you will, in what it means to um, respond to the invitation of Jesus, to follow him. In many ways, this trip reminded me what it looks like uh, to follow Jesus. Jesus invites us uh, to come along with him and to trust him to lead us and to take care of us. Essentially, this trip began with a connection and an invitation. So uh, most of you know that Abner and Katie Contreras are here spending a year with us uh, as a sort of sabbatical period for them. And one of their pastor friends from Florida, Jeff Howell, who is uh, the lead pastor of Church on the Rock in Plant City, they brought their youth group to Snowbird this summer. And they just happened to come to missions camp and they just happened to be working over at Renewed Hope. And so I got to meet Jeff this summer and we all had lunch together on a Wednesday and he just brought up the idea. Hey, what do you think about going with us to Guatemala? You've already got this relationship with Abner and Katie. And so I think like Alan said, I probably said yes too quickly. I didn't necessarily know what I was getting into. In fact, we got closer and closer and closer to the time to leave. And I realized that I know very, very little about what we're getting into and about what this trip is going to be about. And I kept asking and asking, and I didn't necessarily get any more details than I already had or that I could give the folks on our team. And that really challenged me. If I'm going to another country, I'd at least like to know what I'm going to be doing there. But a lot of times, the Lord simply asks us to follow and to trust him with both the journey and the outcome. A lot of times, Jesus also takes us to places where we aren't comfortable and reminds us how little we actually know and teaches us to rely on him in the process. Look, from the get-go, this trip put me out of my depth. All right? So we get into Guatemala City on a Saturday afternoon, and it takes us two and a half hours by van to get from Guatemala City to Antigua. We settle into our hotel, then we go to dinner. Little did we know that there was going to be this massive Processional through the streets of Antigua on Saturday night. And so our hotel is several blocks away from the church, and so we're having to be carted back and forth by vans. So uh, the team leader there in Antigua, his name is Isaiah, what we would know as Isaiah. And he, uh, he puts us in the van, proceeds to take us back to our hotel, gets, gets involved in a big traffic jam because there's this huge processional through town related to the Day of the Dead and all these kinds of things. And so he just pulls the van over and in the midst of all of these people, he just says, we're gonna have to walk the rest of the way and I'm like, what? (laughs) So he gets out of the van, he just takes off through the streets, through these crowds of people, through this marching band that's blaring this loud Uh, mournful music and here he goes and we're just all trying to keep up and so I pull out my phone by the way I had a better cell signal there than I have here and I'm thinking what is up with that so we're going through the streets of Antigua in the middle of the in, in the middle of this huge processional and all of these people and all of these food carts and I've got my cell phone out, and I'm, I, 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 I had put in our hotel, and so I thought I knew where it was. And I'm like, I'm like he's taking us totally the wrong way. He's taking us totally the wrong way. How arrogant of me. Because he wasn't taking us the wrong way. He was taking us the way that he had to take us to get us where we needed to be. How often do we do that with the Lord? How often do we say, hey... I think I know this better than you. This was my first night there. I didn't speak the language. I didn't know anything from anything. Man, it was really, really humbling. A lot of times Jesus allows us to, when we step out on faith to follow him, to get in on what he's doing and to be reminded that he's the one doing it. You know, more than once I realized that that the Lord sent us And in many ways, just allowed us to get a glimpse into what he's doing through various people and various ministries there. More than once, we were just invited to participate in what he's doing. You've already heard about the 14-year-old girl who was pregnant, alone, and scared, and unsure of what was medically going on with her that we simply got to pray with. I got to pray over a pastor... Um, and a small village congregation seeking to be light, where the Lord has placed them. I got to see folks on our team uh, grow into the opportunities that were placed in front of them, whether it was sharing the gospel or praying publicly. Uh, I got to hear how God is changing young people's lives, one at a time through this small school that meets in the home of Estuardo and Cali. And a lot of times, I think this trip was a reminder for me that God uses us in ways we might never have expected in order to share the gospel with those we might never have imagined we would meet. Uh, I thought it was awesome how the gentlemen who got to go down and participate in the law enforcement training imagined that they would never be able to use that training in that capacity but it just goes to show you that whatever experiences, education, and background you have, if you offer those things up to the Lord, he may use you and use those things in ways that you could never have anticipated beforehand. Now, I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm also not sure Elizabeth or Addie ever dreamed that they would be showing children how to play American football. In fact, we've got a picture uh, with a caption on it. This is... Elizabeth Foster, professional sports coach. Um, so, if any of you need any coaching, she's uh, she's here to help. Um, and so very often, the Lord reminds us uh, through these things, as has already been said, that we receive as much as we give when we choose to follow wherever He leads. Uh, man, going on this trip was a gift. Um, going with the people who went was a gift and uh, meeting so many folks who are doing so much ministry in so many different ways. And now coming home and just asking the Lord, how do you want us to be more strategically involved there? All of that's a gift. And all of those open up potential opportunities for the Lord to use our church, um, in multiple different ways. So perhaps next time, it'll be you going with us to Guatemala. Um, might be tough. Everybody on the team said, I'm going back, and it's like, well, okay. How do, we, how do we add more people into that? It might just mean taking multiple trips a year, you know, so that may be what happens. But thanks for listening um, this morning. I want to pray for us and uh, invite the worship team back up while I do, and they are going to close us out this morning. Father, thank you for the opportunity to hear from each member of our Guatemala mission team this morning, both, again, how you worked through them and equally as important, how you worked in them. God, thank you for stretching us. Thank you for growing us. Thank you for giving us opportunities that put us out of our depth that remind us that perhaps both in Guatemala and here, you're calling us to deeper waters where we are forced to trust you, to rely upon you, and to follow your leadership. So God, help us as your people to do that. Not only over there, somewhere other than here, but also here. To be a people who follow your lead wherever you would have us to go and to do whatever you would have us do. Thank you for our time together this morning. And we pray now as we respond in song that you would continue to encourage us and build us up. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand and sing together this morning.
6: Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Cause your name is power The From the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness, so oh, for every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. jesus from the mountains jesus in the streets
1: fantastic week and a wonderful Thanksgiving um, this is a prime opportunity to remember how good the Lord has been and how good the Lord is to us this week so don't just enjoy the food uh, spend some time giving thanks this week All right, Justin would you close us